0: With week one in the books, let's talk about some top waiver ads and stashes. Number one, this should come as no surprise, but Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua had 10 receptions on 15 targets for 119 yards, seemingly coming out of nowhere. He looked like he was very comfortable in this offense and did not look like a rookie at all. Matt Stafford trusted him, and I would imagine he's going to continue to trust him for the duration that Cooper Cup is out. He's only rostered in 7% of leagues. So I would definitely put him as your top priority if you are in need of a receiver. Uh, Next week, they play San Francisco. So he probably has some tough sledding, but San Francisco is definitely more stout against the run than they are against the pass. So I would imagine he'll find some openings underneath and should have a decent amount of volume, giving him some type of floor. I think after next week though, he'll definitely be able to produce the way he did in week one. Not to say that he won't produce next week, but it's definitely gonna be an uphill battle. It definitely helps that he played 78% of the snaps. So he will be on the field for sure. Next, Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier is currently owned in 57% of leagues. He was already drafted pretty heavily as Bijan Robinson's handcuff, and he does clearly have some standalone value. I mean, he had 15 carries for 75 yards and two rushing touchdowns, and he also had three receptions, something we didn't see last year. And I would imagine he's going to continue to have a similar role. So if he is somehow available in your league, I would definitely put in a waiver for him. He played 56% of the snaps and Robinson played 63. So this almost looks like somewhat of a split time situation. Obviously, Robinson will Take on a larger role as the season goes on and should be relied on in games that are a little bit more competitive. But they play Green Bay next week, and I could see both running backs producing the way they did in Week 1. Next, Jacoby Myers. Myers kind of blew expectations out of the water yesterday. He had 9 receptions on 10 targets and 2 touchdowns. And Devontae Adams almost seemed like he was playing second fiddle. I doubt that will be the case moving forward, but Myers definitely has value and is going to be a prominent player in this offense unfortunately he suffered a concussion and i do hope he gets better quickly if he is somehow able to get through the protocol and suit up he'll be going up against buffalo which should be a pretty tough matchup but he played 80 percent of the snaps yesterday and i would imagine that that will be the trend moving forward he should be on the field just as much as adams and pretty much in all two wide receiver sets next kenneth gainwell i kind of didn't see this one coming i mean i knew there was a lot of talk about gainwell in the offseason but It brought in DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, so it kind of seemed like Gainwell would play third fiddle, but that was not the case. He's rostered in 47% of leagues, so if he's available, I would definitely grab him. Uh, He had 14 carries for 54 yards and had four receptions as well. Uh, He's on a short week this week, going up against Minnesota on Thursday. He does seem to have a slight rib injury already, just looking at the injury report, so I would keep a close eye on that. If he isn't able to suit up, I'm sure one of those two other backs will probably carry the load. In a shocking move, Penny was a healthy and active, and I would imagine that that was more of a one-week thing, and he should get called up sooner rather than later, um, especially if Gainwell's hurting. Nonetheless, if Gainwell is healthy, it seems like he's the guy. He played 62% of the snaps yesterday and looked like the clear lead dog. DeAndre Swift barely even touched the ball. Next, couple of Ravens running back. Sadly, J.K. Dobbins was bit by the injury bug again. I really do wish him a speedy recovery. This guy has had horrendous luck. Um, I would pick up Justice Hill. Justice Hill had eight carries for nine yards and a couple of touchdowns. Didn't really think that he would be the guy leading the way. I thought it would be Edwards, and I think it still may be Edwards moving forward, but Hill's definitely going to have a role. John Harbaugh came out today and said that they don't plan to bring anybody in. They're happy with the guys they have in-house, so that likely means they're going to call up Melvin Gordon from the practice squad. So, There'll be some kind of committee going on between two or three guys. I would imagine that Hill being only 4% owned will likely be claimed pretty heavily this week. As far as Gus Edwards, Edwards is only rostered in 20% of leagues. He had eight carries for 32 yards and a two-point conversion. Um, He's been in a lead role before, and I would imagine that if he's thrust into that role again, he'll be able to handle himself. This guy's averaged over five yards per carry over his career, um, so he's very capable. I would definitely prioritize both of these guys. Hill played about 30% of the snaps. Edwards played about 23% of the snaps. So they definitely kind of split time. They play Cincinnati this week, which if Cincinnati looks like they did last week, that should be good news for both Hill and Edwards. But I would imagine that Cincinnati's going to come out with something to prove. And this game will be pretty competitive, especially given that it's a divisional game. Next up, Zay Jones. I was kind of surprised to see that Jones was only rostered in 31% of the leagues. Uh, Given that he played 89% of the snaps yesterday, which was more than Ridley, who played 81% of the snaps, not to say that Calvin Ridley isn't the number one guy, but Jones is clearly viewed as a prominent number two receiver in this offense. He had five receptions on seven targets and a spectacular touchdown. Um, I would imagine he's going to be involved pretty heavily moving forward. He played a lot more than Christian Kirk and was involved a lot more than Christian Kirk. So I wouldn't say that he's leapfrogged him on the depth chart just yet. But it sounds like he is definitely going to be on the field plenty. Next up, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams kind of came out of nowhere. He's only rostered in 6% of leagues, but he looked like the far more effective back yesterday, getting 65% of the snaps, going for 15 carries and 52 yards, also grabbing a couple of receptions and scoring two rushing touchdowns. And with Cam Akers' history of being in the doghouse the way he was for the first half of the season last year, He's looking a little tough to trust all of a sudden. I know Sean McVay talked him up this offseason and making him the focal point of the offense, but if he continues to be as inefficient as he was yesterday, I think Williams is going to have to be relied on. I think Williams is someone you definitely want to consider grabbing. He might almost be more of a stash, but I think there's a wait-and-see approach that's worth taking with him. He definitely has a role, and given how many snaps he played yesterday, I would imagine he's going to be on the field plenty next week. Only problem is... They're playing San Francisco, like I mentioned, who is stout against the run. And we saw what they did to Pittsburgh this last weekend. So I wouldn't expect the same result as last week with Williams, but they'll definitely get some volume. I don't think he's start worthy this week, but he's definitely someone worth grabbing. Next up, Tutu Atwell. Atwell looked pretty solid yesterday. He's only rostered in 4% of leagues and had six catches on eight targets for 119 yards and look like the clear number two guy in this offense. He definitely looked better than Van Jefferson. And I would imagine with how Stafford trusted him the way he did yesterday, that he should have a considerable role until Cup comes back and maybe beyond that. He was on the field for 79% of the snaps. So I would imagine he's gonna be involved pretty heavily, like I mentioned. They go up against San Francisco this week, so it's not necessarily an ideal week to start him, but definitely someone you wanna pick up and keep on your bench in case you need a receiver in week three. Now let's talk about some players to stash. First up, Zach Moss. Zach Moss is only owned in 7% of leagues. And the way Deion Jackson played this last week, they're going to need him to get healthy quickly. He was questionable to play last game, but just couldn't get the green light. And Deion Jackson had a couple of lost fumbles. He was pretty inefficient. He had a pretty good day through the air, which salvaged his value in PPR leagues. But Um, I would imagine that once Moss comes back, it's his job to lose. He's listed as the number one guy in the depth chart as of now, and he should have some value for a few weeks while Jonathan Taylor is out. If he's able to perform, he's in a great spot this week going up against Houston. So if you do pick him up, I would even consider starting him. He's someone that should get an ample amount of volume. And with how many hits Anthony Richardson took yesterday, it wouldn't surprise me if the Colts try to scale back his involvement in the running game And lean a little bit heavier on Moss. Next, Jalen Warren. Warren's already rostered in forty-seven percent of leagues. He pretty much was drafted as a handcuff to Najee Harris, but it seems like he's going to be involved a little bit more than we thought. He played forty percent of the snaps yesterday. He wasn't great on the ground, rushing three times for only six yards, but he did get five receptions on six targets for twelve yards. So. He definitely has more value in PPR leagues and it seems like he's going to be on the field a lot more than people anticipated. Najee Harris played 52% of the snaps yesterday, but he looked like he was running in the mud. And they're going up against Cleveland this week, who looked pretty stout against Cincinnati yesterday. So um, I would imagine it's going to be a tough week for both of these guys, but it's still kind of a wait and see approach just because we're not sure if last week was just a fluke or a four and we'll really be involved this much. Next up, Allen Robinson. Robinson may suddenly become relevant again. He's only rostered in 3% of the leagues, and both Deontay Johnson and Pat Friermuth went down yesterday. Fryermuth's injury looks a little less severe, but Johnson's looked pretty bad. He had a hamstring pull, and he had to leave the game. Um, so I would imagine that they're going to have to find other pass catchers to pick up the slack. Robinson ended up playing 89% of the snaps, had five catches on eight targets for 64 yards, which is pretty solid. So... He's someone to stash and think about. I would imagine that Pickens is going to be the number one guy moving forward, but Robinson may carve out a nice role for himself. Moving right along, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz almost didn't play this game, but found a way to suit up. He's coming off of a pretty bad knee injury, but looked like himself. He had six catches on 10 targets, but for only 21 yards. So he's definitely more of a PPR pickup, but with that volume, you can't ignore it. I would imagine they're going to continue to rely on him especially if joshua dobbs is the quarterback he's going to need a safety valve they go up against the giants this week and Ertz has a five game touchdown streak against them so maybe he can make it six um, i'm not sure if he's worth starting just yet but then again the tight end position is always pretty ugly so I'm sure some of us out there will end up starting him. I know I'm considering it, but he ended up playing 70% of the snaps and Trey McBride did not seem to pose any threat to his workload. So if you're in dire need of a tight end, especially in PPR leagues, or to someone to consider. Lastly, DJ Chark. Chark's only rostered in 14% of leagues and the Panthers go up against New Orleans this week and with divisional games. We just never know which way they're gonna go the panthers look like they were in dire need of a field stretcher and a reliable receiver jonathan mingo didn't get it done Thielen didn't get it done and Chark i think has the skill set to be that guy Uh, he has a hamstring injury which is why he didn't get the green light which was kind of surprising because the way he was talking to reporters leading up to it it seemed like he was going to suit up but then last minute things changed if he is able to suit up he's someone to consider i definitely think he's worth stashing he should be involved pretty heavily once he gets up to speed but i would wait and see especially coming off of an injury like this to see how he performs before inserting him into your lineup or even considering it those are some players i think are worth considering picking up off waivers and stashing please subscribe and let me know who you think we should pick up off waivers or stash in the comments below